Welcome to the Shift Happens podcast, where we explore the latest trends and insights in the digital workplace. From the role of AI in the workplace to the future of remote work, we cover it all. Tune in as we chat with industry leaders and experts. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started in the digital landscape, we've got you covered. Subscribe to Shift Happens wherever you listen to podcasts and stay ahead of the curve. Within the team structure, we've, we've, really, we've quickly realized the beauty of private channels and coming from an angle of, okay, we need to set up a, a team from a perspective of, you know what, we're, we may end up needing to invite volunteers into this. So we need to make it open, but anything that's going to need to be secured to staff, we need to, from, from the get-go, create a channel that is going to be locked down for just the staff, but we still want them all participating in that one team. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us as always. I'm your host, Dr. Raymond Sai, Modern Workplace Professional, Microsoft Regional Director and MVP. And today we have the IT Director for McLean Bible Church here in Washington, D.C., Matt Pugh. Hey Matt, welcome. Hey Ducks, how's it going? Fantastic. So before we dive in, uh, tell me about how you've been involved with IT, because I understand you didn't start your career in IT, right? Uh, I did not. It was actually a very interesting, uh, strange, weird ride. Uh, I went into college, uh, declared computer science, and kind of through maybe the first semester, I realized as I looked around the room that these were not my people. And uh, I jumped out of computer science, went over to psychology, uh, graduated with a psychology degree, and then coming out of uh, JMU with a psychology degree, there weren't a whole lot of jobs available. Uh, Did a bunch of part-time temp work, uh, landed as a, uh, what was it, a facilities admin, and... uh, and I did that kind of moving furniture, stocking snacks, some just kind of real, really random type things. Uh, and at one point in time, the, the company I was working for, all of the IT guys up and left all at the same time. What? And so during a, sta- during a staff meeting, they literally said, said hey, does anybody have any experience in IT? It, Like, raise your hand. And I was kind of like, I I rose my hand because I've always always dealt with, like, building computers or troubleshooting things at home and, you know, that kind of thing. And they're like, all right. And so I became, like, the sole help desk Windows systems admin for this multi-million dollar international company. And, like, it was me. Like, that was it. And uh, so, so, so wait, wait, when that happened, how did you just jump right on? Did you have to take classes and, and start learning stuff, watch YouTube videos? Uh, I was, well, I mean, this is, this was prior to YouTube being, being a big deal. I mean, we're talking, we're talking like, oh, five, oh, six, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was reading, I was reading books. I was kind of just like poking around, figuring things out. I mean, I'd ask, I'd ask people, I mean, there was some, there was some knowledge base still there. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't completely, uh, bankrupt of any of any kind of their IT infrastructure knowledge, uh, but it there, it was hard going for a while until they actually hired an actual you know senior sysadmin that came on and then like really taught me like everything I knew like he was really 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 good, um, and so yeah then I we stayed at that company for 
I was a five, six years, and then kind of went over to uh, the church as a applications support analyst where I kind of managed our massive church database. And then I went and worked for that company because I got really good at it. So I went and started consulting with churches all over the country on how to get up and running uh, on that application uh, and did that for uh, four, four and a half years and then came back to McLean as the IT director. And so, so wait, wait, so you left that former company, you went to McLean and then you went back to the original company you worked no, for? No, okay. completely different. Completely okay. Different. Got it, got it. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell everybody more about McLean Bible church. Uh, you know, I mentioned you're in DC, so McLean Bible church in DC. So can you give everybody a sense, uh, how big the the church is, how many members, and, and specifically in the church, uh, what's the constituency you have specific to IT? Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, we're a multi-site uh, mega church, if you want to kind of categorize church sizes uh, in, in D.C. We've got five locations. Um, we've, we've probably, we do about, uh, attendance fluctuates, but it's probably about 10, 11,000 uh, attendees on the weekend. As this COVID-19 thing has happened, our our attendances just insanely jumped online. Um, so we we have we've been getting insane viewer rates uh, of of content. And you know you have to de- debate on what you consider like live views versus kind of on demand on demand exactly. And so those numbers kind of go all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the constituency from a tech side is, I mean, there's there's a high level of technical knowledge of the in the congregation. I mean, we're in D.C., so you got all these government contractors uh, that they they know what they're they know what's going on. So you got to kind of stay ahead a little bit to otherwise you you start to look like okay, what does the church even know what they're doing? Um, and Sometimes I feel like I don't, and so it's it's uh, it's comical, and that you get these calls from guys being like, "Well, why are you doing that?" And you're like, "Oh, well, I we didn't know to not do that, you know." So it, there 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 are some interesting things that happen. So so what's the biggest difference? So coming from the uh, private sector, going to church and the nonprofit world, what's the biggest observation you have from uh, IT perspective? Uh, you know, in terms of maturity, or maybe uh, it, it's it's a pleasant surprise for you on how some of the technologies being put to good use? Um, it's, 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 it's across, it's a little bit all over the map. You know, it, it de- depends on the area of the church you're talking about. Uh, whereas I think our production side uh, and what we do there is uh, so far advanced from things that I've seen uh, in the, the kind of, I call it secular uh, company area. Um, we do a lot of really amazing cutting edge stuff uh, from a staff kind of managed IT area, internal IT, in, inter, yeah. internal IT that what we try to do, we try to stay pretty much ahead, but the comprehension level for a lot of people, because church staff tends to come from, you, you see a lot of people coming out of uh, uh, getting ministry education or things like that, where they haven't had experience of working in, the uh like an office environment you know um and so those skill sets that you see coming from those areas like just outlook management and scheduling meetings and things they just they don't have it it's not no fault of their own it's just they they've never had that experience and so you're you're dealing with a lot of people from 
their backgrounds and their skill sets of what they what they know, what they already know. And so you have to approach every situation you're dealing with as completely separate situation. There are no blanket solutions a lot of the times. You may have you may have a blanket idea, but then you have to approach it differently for the different ministries or different people that you're working with. So so tell me about when you came back to McLean Bible Church as the IT director, what was the IT internal IT landscape? And and I assume this led to your uh, consideration for Office 365. Uh, sure. Well, when I came back, they had already they had already migrated to Office 365. So we had we used to you know do a self hosted Exchange server, and we were doing volume licensing on applications and things like that. So they had already moved to to Office 365 while I was gone. Um, and so coming stepping in, it was kind of like wow, this is like super easy to manage. Uh, and so that, that was, that was kind of nice. And so coming in and then it was just a matter of expanding on that usage. Um, once kind of, I took over, um, and, and as, as our staff size shrank during that time, the emphasis on kind of centralized management across all of our systems really increased, uh, because we, with less staff, you don't have as many people to manage things. And so, that became a huge emphasis, at least from from my side, from my angle, because I, I didn't I don't want my job to get harder. You know, I want I want to be able to simplify and, and not be chasing things down all the time. And in from from that point onwards, right? What was the landscape of adoption when you said uh, the church already have Office 365? So I assume it's a common workload, email, uh, maybe OneDrive for file sharing. Were some of the more advanced workloads being taken advantage of, like SharePoint or maybe Teams? Uh, no, definitely not. I mean, it was literally just Exchange, Word, Excel. I mean, we still have, we still had, and still have to a certain extent, kind of localized file storage on the network. Um, so people had their, uh, their ministry, yeah, their ministry shares or their, you know, uh, kids. The children's ministry was like the K drive because it's Kids Quest, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and so there was still a lot of that. So we we started. Um, actually, a lot of the the start of it was dealing with our phone system was, I think, one of the bigger the bigger kind of factors that helped us move into that kind of Teams collaborative SharePoint infrastructure because we needed we were, we were on the on an old phone system we wanted to make it so we can manage it easier because you know like I said less staff we didn't want to be punching down phones anymore you know we, we I want to set up a user give them a phone number and be done with it. So migrating to Microsoft's uh, online PBX was like it was a no-brainer for us. And so once we did that, then we're like, okay, well, now this is going to be melding into Teams. All right, well, now we want to be able to you know share files better so people don't have to be connected to the VPN remotely. Uh, everyone's going to iPads. So how can we manage file storage with iPads? Well, let's get everybody in OneDrive. So it's been lots of different little steps along the way. And to a certain extent, it hasn't been global adoption either. You know, it's been, you know, one-on-one because like I said before, not everybody's coming from the same background. So you have to treat every uh, situation kind of independently from the others. So I assume uh, because of that background, a lot of people are are used to using consumer-based apps. Is that still uh, prevalent today or has Office 365 replaced some of those consumer or free apps that people are used to using? Um, a little of both. 
a little both. I mean, with any IT department, you always find about rogue usage of different software products. Shadow IT. Yeah, yeah. shadow IT. And you're, you're constantly having to kind of battle that and try to draw people in. And and I we take the approach of I, I want to convince someone that I'm right as opposed to mandating that we're right, you know, and that and like, hey, here's here's why. And this is why it's a good idea. And this is why the way you need to be doing it. Um and so we, we, you know, we tackle that here and there for, for what we need to do. Uh, but no, the, the consumer side of using technology, it's, it's interesting in that how, even as I've seen in my career, how that, how IT has had to adapt to that. Whereas IT used to drive your technology. Now we're, it's almost like we're having to herd cats around technology a lot of the time. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it makes it different. It makes it more of a, it makes it more of a psychological uh, uh, expedition as, as opposed to a technical know-how. Uh, and like, I would be the first to admit that my technological know-how on anything, you know, ne- network infrastructure, just the, all of the nuts and bolts of how everything works, not nowhere near up to par of other people I know, but the psych- the psychology of how am I dealing with these people and getting them to use the right thing. I feel like that's where I, I do have, have a good amount of experience. And that's where you put your degree into good use, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I would definitely say that it's, it's funny. I use, I think that psychology degree helps in every aspect of everything that I do. So how is, uh, so fast forward to today, how is office 365 uh, being received? Uh, are people used to it? They like it. And certainly you mentioned about iPads. I assume you have a big Apple Mac user base as well. What's what's the experience, user experience like and how are people uh, adopting it? Hello, Shift Happens podcast listeners. I have an exciting offer for you. Join us for our in-person Shift Happens conference, October 10 to 11 in Washington, D.C. Registration is free. That's right, it's free. And you walk away with actionable strategies from industry leaders and peers to make Shift happen in your digital workplace. Visit shifthappens.to to register today. We'll see you there. Uh, I mean, for the most part, when I first came back, I mean, obviously everyone was already in Outlook Exchange. You know, we were, anytime we... We implemented anytime we rolled out a new person, a new device, we'd have them log into the the web interface and then download the applications with them and get them everything set up. So from that perspective, they'd already been, for the most part, kind of trained into that. Uh, but bringing in the Teams aspect, uh, where it was, it was a priority on our part to do it, to get it out there. Uh, but the adoption of it wasn't necessarily that high. Uh, because no one, no one really saw the need. They didn't, they didn't understand. I mean, I mean, you know, Teams is a is a beast. I mean, it does a lot of different things, and trying to sell somebody on one aspect of it doesn't tend to work real well because they may see that aspect in another software package. And so, being able to sell the whole thing, or at least give them two or three things that this is replacing, that's a lot easier of a sell. And so, as COVID happened, um, I mean, it was it was the perfect time to, to double down and be like, okay, Hey, we've been working on this thing for like three years. Now it's the time to really lean in and man, you guys can, you guys can be working at home and, you know, just hit the, hit, hit the little green button and call someone, you know, and you're, you're, you're good to go. 
And, and I think that you, you mentioned something that's key, right? I mean, Teams is phenomenal, but it is a platform. A lot of people are so used to, and even folks in the private industry, where it's um, you have technologies and solutions to do one thing and one thing really well. For example, Skype for Business. It's used for meetings and calls. That's all it did. Uh, you have SharePoint for document collaboration. And the consumer world, people have WhatsApp for group chat, right? So people get that concept, having an app for a specific uh, use case, whereas with Teams, it could do them all. But all together is something people aren't familiar with. But once they see the power, like what you described, like COVID-19, I know the church is doing a lot of work supporting the local community. And uh, I, I assume Teams is a, is a key tool that uh, these groups are using. Oh, yeah, I definitely. I mean, even from just from an internal standpoint, I mean, we've been doing all of our our staff meetings our all staff meetings with, you know, that's close to 130 staff members uh, doing that all on teams. Uh, we've we, we've been playing around with different uh, backgrounds. Kinda, well, not backgrounds, but like jerry rigged configurations uh, where we've tried we've tried doing just a call with the presenters and then pulling that into our streaming service that we use for the main worship service and that creating a private link and then actually sucking that link back into a tab in the all staff team so people can watch it, but they, we don't have to worry about people unmuting and muting and that sort of thing. So we tried that the first time. And then the next time we just did a regular call and that worked fine. So we're like, okay, well, that's just the easy one. We'll just do it that way from now on. Um, so we've, we've played around a lot with that. Uh, but then one of the first things we did, especially when we started working from home and thinking about the outreach potential of what the church was going to be taking on uh, to kind of meet the needs of people in the community that, you know, have lost jobs. They don't have, they're not getting the food they need or the supplies they need. You know, how can we, you know, how can we help with them and how can we equip our staff to keep that communication so we're not stepping on each other, right? And so we, we immediately created like a COVID response team and then created start, started creating different channels. So we had channels for our outreach endeavors. We had a channel for, um, for our ch children's ministry to basically collaborate on content that they were going to be producing for online. Um, we started create, actually, I created a channel that was um, specifically sucking in emails from people that were having problems connecting with their to connect with their small groups so it would automatically drop those emails directly into the channel so, we oh, could, so it's the email it's the email of the channel right yeah. so the emails go there wow yeah, so i just did i set up a forward and just forwarded anything coming into that support email into the channel so that way we could see them all coming in so um we yeah, we we did we we quickly pivoted to doing a lot in teams, especially just that one team uh, for, for all of our, you know, COVID response stuff. So have you gotten feedback of light bulbs going off? Oh, so this is what teams is for. This is how valuable it is. Now I get it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, I mean, like I, a lot of uh, the guys in the church IT community, we've all been j joking around about like, this has been some of the busiest time in our career, but it has been the most fun we've ever had. Uh, because you're seeing you're seeing the light bulbs come on, and you're seeing people get actually really excited about this product that I've been trying to push for three years ish, and like it's it's real it's really cool. You know, you get these people going, oh wow, you know, I'm so this was awesome. This is so great that you we can do these calls and we can post these things. We, we'll come out of team meetings, and someone will be like, man, can this chat stay here? And we're like, yeah, no, the chat's there. Like we had that meeting, the chat is there 
infinitely. So you can always go back to like who posted that really funny GIF. Oh, it was so-and-so. I'm going to copy that and go use it somewhere else. Or it's searchable too. Yep. That's the other cool thing. It's not just searching through the meeting, but all the other teams that are a part of the chat. And, and those, I mean, we take it for granted in IT, but once people get that, they're like, wow, it's, it's a one-stop shop. Yep. And, and yeah. what about uh, external access? So I assume uh, working with a lot of other organizations or even volunteers, you will provide external access. How, how do you manage that? How do you support that? Uh, it's, 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 just, it's different. Like I said, it goes back to that whole, you got to approach everything from in, in individual situations. So it just depends on um, the, the level of involvement for a volunteer, you know, how involved they are depends on, you know, what we're going to give them access to um, it, it within the team structure. We've, we really, we've quickly realized um, the beauty of, uh, of private channels and, 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 and coming from an angle of, okay, we need to set up a, a team from a perspective of, you know, what we're, we may end up needing to invite volunteers into this. So we need to, make it open but anything that's going to need to be secured to staff we need to from from the get-go create a channel that is going to be locked down for just the staff but we still want them all participating in that one team got it got it in and let's say that team is not being used anymore after that endeavor uh how do you think about the life cycle of the team do you just leave it there so it's a reference or there are certain things that you just get rid of so you won't have all that sprawl or clutter I, mean, I honestly haven't really even thought about it yet, uh, but uh, I'm, I I tend to live in a in a world where it, when something's done, something's done. There you go. Uh, and it, from it, it's it's clean. Like if if it's something we don't need anymore, then we we don't need it. Like why 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 continue to try to hold on to that? But I from your ref, from your reference perspective, I can see where depending on the situation, we may need to keep stuff up. But that's why I'm saying most of the teams we're making are ministry based. So a team really wouldn't end. Uh, the, this COVID, this COVID response team we've got is really the only one that I would say is probably time, like time frame related, but I could see that a turning and adapting into something else, even after all this is over. So, so Matt, so this is really exciting how McLean Biowitcher is taking advantage of uh, Microsoft 365. Is this the, the similar, is this similar landscape across other churches in the U.S. or even worldwide, are they taking advantage of the cloud like you all have? I would say yes, and I, I mean, it comes back to the size size of the church. Um, and so I have lots of conversations with other church IT guys all over the country um, through the church IT network, uh, and it's everyone's coming at it from different from different levels of what they're already doing. A lot of, it, but I would say the vast majority, the vast feeling is people are trying to go cloud. Uh, it, it, we just see the ease of use of it. Uh, and as, as the church, um, it, you also have to think about how, when we say the word church, we're not actually referring to a physical building. We're referring to the people that are involved because that is what the church actually is. And so because of that, if once you start to break away from a physical location, obviously the only thing that makes sense is the cloud. And so it, it really broadens our reach um, as ministry and as kind of ability to manage 
you know, how ministry is done is to is to put stuff in the cloud. So that for the most part, I say most churches are moving that way uh, if they haven't already. And so it creates lots of fun conversations, uh, lots of great topics of um, of teaching opportunity within our conference that we do. Um, so it, it yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's probably the most talked about thing that that and online streaming are probably the two biggest, you know, things we we really concentrate on. So I assume you know, one attraction to the cloud is the maintenance, right? As you mentioned, like you don't want to deal with patch Tuesdays and making sure updating the next version of Windows or or uh, Exchange on-premises. What other recurring themes do you hear around why the cloud? Uh, integration. Uh, integration's huge. Uh, I I tend to go from a standpoint is I don't want to I don't want to introduce any new product of anything unless it's going to integrate with something we already have. Um, because that just complicates everyone's lives. Uh, so integration, uh, especially things that, that reach back to church management software, uh, CHMSs, that's huge uh, within, within our community. So anything that can kind of combine, uh, combine with that is, is it's priceless because we want, we want to be able to have one, one stop shop for data. We don't have different data silos all over the place. Wow, sounds like you know there, there's a lot of uh, benefits, and certainly in the end, right, the cloud an enabler to support the church's mission, what the church is doing. So, just out of curiosity, how big is your team, and who you know, how big is the team that manages your your tenant? Well, there's 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 two of us right now, uh, and so uh, I I I take the brunt of managing our Office 365 environment. Um, so creating users, uh, setting security rights, creating teams, adding people in, creating channels, private channels, uh, migrating data from our on-prem data storage to, to SharePoint libraries. I'm the one, I'm the one mainly doing that on top of, you know, managing a department of two. (laughs) Uh, and so it's, you know, that's kind of, that's the life we're in right now. But that also says something about the cloud, right? I oh, mean, yeah. imagine if you had to do all this on premises. Oh my gosh, it would be a nightmare. It really would. Uh, everything being centralized and just I can I can do things quickly. I mean, I really can pivot, just pivot my day. If someone's like, "Hey, I need a team spun up," I'm like, "Okay." Ten seconds later, I have a full fledged team. I've got channels. I've assigned people. And that's it, and I'm done. Now I'm moving back on to whatever else I was doing. So it really gives me a quick, quick turnaround on requests like that. Awesome. Boy, there's so much golden nuggets in our conversation. But before I let you go, just looking at looking back in your digital transformation journey, uh, specific to McLean Bible Church, when would you say the shift started to happen within the church? And what would be your advice for other modern workplace professionals looking to create or manage this shift? I there well I think there's there's two there's two places fr- that occur when you say when the shift happened there's the shift from the IT side in the mindset but then there's also the shift on the adoption end and those those are those are two separate places especially within the church um and it's for for from the IT side and that adoption that's that's from a that's also a standpoint of how do you feel about being cutting edge and, and leading the charge and wanting to be involved in new things? Um, and then the adoption side is, okay, what's going to be the catalyst? What's the one thing that is going to trigger the adoption? Because as from being a, from doing software implementation and being that change agent that came in and talked to churches, I, I all, it was always a struggle to get a church to adopt new processes 
uh, and new and new software um, is just is is a struggle. But if there was a catalyst for it, if there was something that everybody got behind and they had to do it because X, that's 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 what triggers that that change. That's what triggers that change. And so, I I mean honestly, the this this whole pandemic has been I mean a huge catalyst. Not not to say that we weren't cloud cloud ready. I mean we were we were doing stuff up in the cloud forever, but to see the user adoption go full scale. I mean, that, that was, that was the, you know, that was it. There you go. So, so in the end, right. Advice to everybody listening is look for that one thing, look for that trigger. Um, it doesn't have to be this pandemic, but you're right. We're seeing a lot of organization because they have to work remotely. Now they're using teams. And the key now is to be able to sustain that, even though we, we go back to our old normal, as they would say. Well, Matt, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you've enjoyed this conversation, we'd appreciate if you subscribe. Until the next time. Thanks, Matt. Shift Happens Podcast is a production of AppPoint, Inc. Produced and edited by the AppPoint brand team. Stay up to date on the latest trends in digital workplace transformation by visiting AppPoint.com.